Hey y'all, it's Libby Redden. Welcome back to Today is the Future. Thank you so much for being here. Update, let's see. LA has been raining like nobody's business. Los Angeles, <laughs> Los Angeles is not meant for the rain. It's just the buildings, you know, a lot of them are built out of like cardboard. It's, it's, it's not great. And the drainage system doesn't really seem to be great. At least this is what I'm observing. I've only been in LA for six, seven months. So this is just like a, per a transplant's opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems that she is not built for rain in any way. And it's been raining a lot, much worse in my opinion than the quote hurricane quote we had last year. However, I'm in the valley, so there could be a chance. We, we did get it worse in the valley this past week, much, much worse. So that could just be me. It might have been worse in other areas during that hurricane. But I had a bunch of leaking and water in my room, so we had buckets out, and we've had workers in and out of our house for the past few days. They had to rip out the ceiling and mold and blah, 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 and we had fans and dehumidifiers. And yeah, I'm recording this at my kitchen table with my wireless road mics, because my whole setup's in there and I can't really get to it. Everything's kind of taped off and they're trying to fix the, all the leaking in there. So yeah, that's my update. As far as what I want to talk about today, you saw the title, three things to know about your parents. And my intent with having this conversation today is I think one, we don't have, we don't talk about these three things in specific very often. Reason being is it requires compassion and empathy on both sides. And that can be really hard to do between a adult child and their parent. And on top of that, some of these things I'm going to talk about have kind of been treated as, well, that's just normal. And, and maybe it is a common experience or feeling. However, it doesn't make it any less painful. So I hope one of, at least one of these three things might resonate with you, you know, help you maybe potentially let go of some frustration or anger or sadness towards a parent, as well as kind of allow you to move more into an empowering mindset if, if your relationship with a parent has struggled as well as I think it's important if you are someone that might potentially want to be a parent to think about these things now. I mean, I don't think that's <laughs> a crazy thing to, to kind of just have on one's radar. So the first thing I want to talk about is the idea that often, not always, a parent tends to lean towards doing what will keep you safe, not necessarily keep you happy. And, you know, it's reasonable that a, that a parent might do that because they've, I mean, they, they had this child, not in all cases, but often they've had this child and they, they bring home this baby and they're, they're terrified. They're like, how do I keep this thing alive? 
I, I don't know what I'm doing. They're constantly worrying about safety and, you know, parents often, whether they're very good at showing it or not, have this deep love for their child. And it's, I imagine it can be, it, it's got to be so difficult to see them in, in any sort of pain or see them experience failure and just, and to see from the start, from the very start, a human uncover kind of the beauty and tragedy of living has got to be such an interesting experience and, and difficult as well. So that's from the parent side. However, as especially if you're an adult child, someone that's left the house over 18, of course this applies to anybody. However, especially for adult children, parents will often want to continue keeping you safe rather than happy. Whether that is consistently kind of weighing in on career stuff, relationship stuff, where you might move to, yada, yada, yada. And like I said, I don't think that there's ill intent there. Maybe for some parents, I think some parents do have a, they kind of like that feeling of control. However, I would venture to say a lot of it does not come out of ill intent. However, intention is different than impact. And so for the young person listening, I think, I think it's important to heed to what a parent says, because I do agree that a, par- a parent has had more life experience, our brains are not fully developed, and therefore it is important we heed to what our parents are saying. However, I'm a very strong believer that every human has this innate intuition and particularly young people are very in tune with it. Children especially are very in tune with this intuitive piece of themselves. And that intuitive piece is generally the piece that is the creator of happiness, fulfillment, channeling of love. It's, it's something that's very important we learn to trust. And I talk about living in alignment a lot. And that's that's a huge piece of that is... is heeding to what you can feel your higher self pushing you towards and and taking action towards that and that it's it's a very different feeling that intuition that kind of inner knowing it's very different than just like well i just want to do this but this is just like what i want and i think if 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 what i am describing comes out a little bit confusing i think that might be a sign that to find that intuition in yourself that you may need to spend a little bit more time in self-reflection, whether that is meditation, journaling. I think that intuition has to be found in silence and reflecting. And just like any relationship, the more you spend time with yourself, your intuition, your, you know, that could be intuition, soul, higher self, your conscious self, whatever you want to call it, the more you spend time with that part of yourself, the more you'll trust each other. That's just, it's how every relationship works. And that's why people, we do those practices to, to be more connected with that, that piece of us that, that gets it, that guides us. My thought is heat what your parents have to say, absolutely. However, that at the end of the day, 
No one is going to know what will create a fulfilling and purpose-filled life for you more than your inner knowing, more than your intuition. Like there's that, there's that, what's that Moana, that song from Moana? The, the grandma is singing. Gosh, I love that grandma. Oh, she's the best. I aspire to be her. The one that turns into a stingray after she passes. What is the part of that? Hold on. Let me look up these lyrics. She says, here we go. All right. I'm going to just, just cringe at me for a second. I'm going to sing this to you, actually. <laughs> she says, <laughs> you are, you <laughs> this is relevant to this. This is relevant to what I'm talking about. Just let me do this. She says, you're, you, you are your father's daughter, stubbornness and pride. Mind what he says, but remember, you may hear a voice inside. And if the voice starts to whisper, to follow the father's star, Moana, <laughs> that voice inside is who you are. Exactly. She knows exactly. She knows exactly what I'm saying. She gets it. She understands. But that's ex exactly. This is one of the, honestly, I think this is one of the best things a Disney movie has ever taught is the idea to, she says it in there, mind what he says. Heed to your parents' word. However, you have a voice inside and I can see you're connected to it and yet you're hearing it heed to that as well because that voice knows exactly who you are and i think as a young person finding balance and heeding to people's advice in our lives and balancing that with well where where is my inner self pulling me to and the second thing i wanted to talk about was the idea that all parents are going to screw up their kids in some way. It's unrealistic to expect any parent not to screw up, not to these, these imperfect beings that are also parenting for the first time, not to mess up or traumatize or maybe do some things that weren't the most healthy or best choice as a parent. I just think it's unrealistic. I think parents put a lot of pressure on themselves to parent perfectly you just can't you just you would have to be a, like a robot you can't and so i think that type of empathy is important to have for our parents additionally i do hope that parents can come to terms with that as well i think it would save so many parent to adult child relationships if a parent were to sit with their child and say, tell me the ways I've caused you pain and to let that child sit and relay those feelings and emotions without a word of backlash or arguing, even if the parent disagrees and for the parent to say, I'm sorry you're feeling that. That sounds really difficult. That moment of humility and respect for one's child to, to finally have this conversation of just acceptance of the way maybe your intent didn't equal with your impact 
to validate your child's emotions without without any any disagreeance, even though you might be disagreeing in your brain, would save so many relationships because at the end of the day, all a child wants, all you probably have wanted maybe from a parent is to feel seen and heard. And for some reason, us as human beings, we're just, we're, we, we are not great at making people feeling, feel seen and heard. And if, if a parent can have that conversation with their children, it allows the child to then soften. And it opens the heart to empathy and forgiveness and love. And to maybe future have that conversation of the parent's side of what may have happened. And, and in these conversations, we, we really struggle looking at, at, looking at it as it's, it's not me against my parent or me against my child. It's us two against the problem. It's us two against the disconnect. And how can we each take five steps forward so that we can see each other on a more empathetic, even maybe nobody's right and both of us have just experienced some sort of pain playing field. And I think that conversation alone, I think would heal so many relationships. And on top of that, I think for young adults listening, there's a podcast I listened to recently. My mentor, James Whitaker, interviewed his mentor, Dr. Mark Goulston, who passed at the end of last year. He was author, incredible psychologist, or sorry, psychiatrist. And in this episode, so just before Mark passed, James did an episode with Mark called, I'm dying to tell you. And going into this episode, Mark knew he was going to pass soon. He had essentially a, a, ter a terminal diagnosis and he knew he was going to pass. And so what he's sharing in this episode is basically the words of a dying man. And he says, if there's one thing I wish I knew, it was, it would be to accept an apology from someone you'll never receive. And I'm just going to play a little piece of this podcast episode and I'm sure James won't mind, but... I think this is a really important thing to remember because forgiveness is not only for the person that you're forgiving, but especially for yourself to release the, that burden of resentment and sadness and like longing to be loved or understood or seen. So I'm going to play, I'm going to play this little piece of the podcast. What piece of advice you were given, do you think about the most? Well, I'm sure I shared this on the last show. I, I collect quotes and I get some doozies. The best quote I ever collected is, forgiveness is accepting the apology you will never receive. People say, you don't need that, Mark. You're pretty forgiving. You're not judgmental. <laughs> hey, I've got a Jungian shadow just like yours. Down deep, I'm sure I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm a grudge shoulder. <laughs> Give me a break already. You know, let, let me be a, a full human being with all those flaws. But if you can accept an apology from someone you'll never receive. And when I heard that quote, I applied it to my dad who died at 95. And he could be a tad critical and he could be a little bit diminishing saying when I would come up with something creative, like every other minute, he would say, 
what makes you think you know anything about anything? And that's because he wasn't creative. He was a numbers person. And I felt that was kind of negative. But I know down deep, he didn't mean it. And so the apology that I've accepted that he never gave me was, remember when I used to say, what makes you think you know anything about anything? I was talking about myself. I'm good with numbers. I wasn't that good at getting close to people, especially your brothers and your mom. And I'm glad you were able to sort of fill in for what I wasn't. And so anytime you came up with something that wasn't like numbers that I was comfortable with, it made me nervous. And what you've done with your life, people you've touched, people you've saved, I don't deserve you as my son, and I'm sorry. And the fascinating thing is I realized that this quote cut both ways because when I realized he would say that from where he is, that I owed him apology. Gee, Dad, I'm the psychiatrist in the family. You know, you can't expect this of anybody else. And I held a grudge against you. I used you as an excuse when you did the best you could. And I think your worries about being a good provider kind of made it difficult to do a lot of things. And I'm sorry, but I can finally say, hey, Dad, I miss you. So good. I cried the first time I heard that, and I'm crying again. <laughs> but I, I just, I feel like there's such a power in... Forgiveness that is not founded in reason. Simply for the sake of unshackling the human soul. I'm not here to convince anyone to forgive their parents. <laughs> However, I also just want the reminder that forgiveness is also not for them. It's for you. I think if, if it's difficult to forgive for this, from a position of empathy, I am all for forgiveness from a place of selfishness. At the end of the day, it's forgiveness, and it allows a person to leave a victim stance, a pain, internal turmoil, and if that, if it's got to be forgiveness from a place of selfishness to unburden you, I think that's something that might be worth exploring so that you can let go and clear your energy without waiting for a parent to die. Which is what Mark and I did and we didn't need to do. And I think, I, I just, I think that's such a, accepting an apology you'll never receive or trying to open a conversation that creates a safe space for honesty and mutual forgiveness and understanding it's just we wait we wait and we wait and we wait just too long to have those conversations and I think it's unfortunate that it's <laughs> we often wait for tragedy or death to finally move into action which is it's human nature however I think there's a way to do it where we aren't waiting for tragedy you know? And then number three, before I hop into number three, I did want to mention I did recently launch my one-on-one -on -one teen mentorship. I have a being-focused one-on-one mentorship, which is more focused on if you're experiencing a lot of anxiety or insecurity, you feel very overwhelmed, overthinking, and you kind of want to gain some, some tools and a safe place to talk about that that mentorship as well as my doing focused mentorship which is for those people that are a little bit more goal oriented have big dreams big goals entrepreneurial minded folk 
where it's, it's a very similar setup, however, it's slightly more structured, a little bit more goal-focused. So if you're interested in the teen mentorship, it's also open to, I know it's called a teen mentorship, but it's open to 20-somethings as well. If you're interested in that, the information's on my website. It's livyredden.com. Uh, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. I think it's, it's, it's transformational for many young people and I'm excited to start working with more young people. So team mentorship is open. Number three, the other thing I wanted to say is just because it's common doesn't mean it isn't painful. I think there's a lot of experiences within childhood that are really common that we kind of write off because it's like, well, it's a lot of people experience that. It's not a big deal. And I think there's a lot of those. However, the one I want to zoom in on is divorce or a poor marriage. If your parents had a poor marriage or got divorced, just because it's common doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. And I've, I've rarely ever heard people say that to honor those feelings, to feel it, the anger, the fear of abandonment, letting go of, you know, maybe you were forced to be a peacemaker or my friends that were back and forth at their parents' houses because their parents were divorced. And oftentimes that, that kind of forces a kid to grow up quickly. And they're, you know, they're stuck in the middle of like taking sides and there's, and you know, there's kids that the parents did stay married, marry, but it's a horrible marriage and you're in this house filled with anger or anxiety and poor marriages and divorce are so common. However, I just want to say, just honor those feelings that you have, because they're not unreasonable. I just don't think anyone has maybe fully given you the permission to feel them. And I don't think that pain you might still have is unreasonable. It's exciting that we can kind of become aware of that pain now and intentionally work through maybe what may have created an anxious or avoidant attachment style in us children of kind of difficult marriages. And I think a really important thing too, my friend Skylar brought this up on a recent episode, I'll link it in the description, is this idea of separating what your parents felt towards each other and what they told you about the other person from what you actually feel and experience. Because what Skylar talked about in our episode together was her <clears throat> dad had left and her mom was just fed her a lot of your dad abandoned us. How dare he do this to us? And, and she came to realize that she actually didn't feel that way. And for a long time, she kind of took on that anger and sadness that her mom had towards her dad. And she was like, I actually, that wasn't my, those were not my emotions. I was just living in a, in a house with someone that was feeling those. And so I think a great way to do that can actually be journaling, journaling through your experiences, your feelings, and kind of separating, well, what, what do I actually feel towards a parent or my parents? And what is maybe an emotion that has kind of been tangled up with how I truly feel because of what a parent or a sibling or a friend has said about the situation or the, the energy that was, that was in the home. So I think kind of 
working on separating what what are my feelings about what occurred and what is stuff that was shoved my way, if that makes sense. Because if we want healthy, if it's a goal to find companionship for you, we have to work towards that, just like every other goal. And I think that's, I don't think that's weird. I think that's realistic. Like if you want to be a cycle breaker, that's going to take some intention. You don't just become a, a, a poor marriage cycle breaker. Like that's, there's intention there. And, and I think it's really exciting because I see, I see a lot of our generation, you know, doing that work. I love, oh, I love the generation I was born into. It's so cool to see a generation come together collectively, setting boundaries and working to heal in a way that has just never occurred. Like, we're so cool. <laughs> we're so cool. And I, I just, oh, I feel so excited and, and proud. And I just... I said it in other episodes, it's so cheesy, but we're like, we're changing the world and it's so cool. It's so cool. Oh my gosh. I love this generation. It's so cool. And I will say, I think like millennials were onto a similar thing and some people are going to like me saying this, but I do think millennials kind of laid the groundwork, the transitional phase for, for Gen Z to now like take a stance. And I just, I think it's very exciting. I think... Gen Z is so cool and and I and I hope that we can hang on to what we know to be true and not let the world kind of strip that from us as we go further into the you know real adult world whatever. So that's the end of the episode. I hope something there struck a chord. Appreciate you. Leave a rating and review if you can. Those help me and they're kind of hard to get. I know no one really wants to take the time to like go leave a review, but it is very helpful for me. So if you find the podcast helpful, I do really appreciate it. And that's it. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you next Monday.